I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB for Wednesday, the 15th of July. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scotty, how was your day? It was good, but not nearly as good as the other uh, market today. The, uh, everyone's very excited about this Moderna uh, vaccine trial, isn't it? Do you think that uh, excitement could be misplaced? I mean, it was very light on detail. Nothing is a sure thing. We've sort of been down this road before. Yes, I think it's, uh, I can't remember exactly. I'll call it umpteenth time that we've heard something about this trial. It's not the only company that's, uh, that's giving this news. Obviously, we all want to go and see an update that's positive. We want to see a vaccine uh, and be able to go and get out of this funk that COVID has gone and set in around the world. But uh, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. It's not the first time we've heard such a, a, such a positive r- remark. Uh, it probably won't be the last. No, but it did what it did to the local market. That and perhaps uh, a little bit of optimism about, I guess, portions of the banking sector, the miners, INOR in particular. I mean, there were broad-based gains on a day that we saw the market up by, you know, one point, like close to 2%, Scotty. That's nothing to shake a stick at. It's not, and it does kind of mirror what we saw on Wall Street overnight, uh, but this huge games, when you put in the context the Aussie dollar rally as well, like in US dollar terms, like our market was up you know, close to 2.5% in US dollar terms today. Uh, so optimism abounds, uh, got some big events that come up ahead tomorrow. Uh, so maybe there's a bit of pre-position going on ahead of that. Okay, so let's go there. Let's go to some of these big events that are due tomorrow. Let's start with, um, Hey, let's start with the jobs report. Uh, we had the payrolls data yesterday. There was some reason to be optimistic, but there were also you know, clearly some pain points in that as well. So what can we take from the, the payrolls data and apply it to what we could potentially expect tomorrow with the official unemployment rate? Yeah, well, it's very difficult to go and ascertain what we're gonna be looking at in terms of both changes in uh, employment, changes in unemployment because of participation. We don't know what the estimate's gonna be. Uh, and to be frank, it's so dated now. We're talking about data which is now more than a month old. Doesn't incorporate what's happening in Melbourne. Doesn't incorporate no elements of what's going on here in Sydney. Uh, it'll give us a snapshot of what the labour market was looking like from this survey uh, prior to all these latest round of disruptions. What you can go and take out of that, well, it'll be great for you and, my, you and myself, Nadine. We'll be able to go and plenty of things to go and talk about. Uh, but I think the actual market reaction if there is going to be one, it'll be very, very short term. I'll be looking for wages. I just think it's um, really good to see what's going on there. And in the payroll report, we did see total wages down 2.8%. Um, yeah, so that's always a key metric. Participation rate will impact the headline unemployment mm. rate. So that's key there. Um, but there's another whole raft of data as well uh, that we're expecting coming from China. So again, Scotty, I'm always... Going over to you, but you know, what will you be uh, looking for? Is it the GDP or is it something else tomorrow? 
GDP is apparently the headline act, but I can promise you it is not what markets go and react to nowadays. Back in the day, uh, back in pre-GFC days and, uh, and just after the GFC, it was the, the, uh, the GDP figure, but now it's all about the monthly activity reads. To be frank, because the GDP is capturing information from the start of April all the way through to June, it's giving you a real dated look at what was going on, and that's not really relevant. You want to see what's happening on the grounds now. You want to see what's going on with industrial production. You want to see what's going on with fixed asset investment. The industrial side of China's economy, which for us here in Australia is so very important given our links with the commodity market. Okay, so an, an interesting sort of setup. We saw the miners here in Australia doing very well today. Thank you very much. Fortescue hitting an all-time high. Rio ending the day up about 3.5%. Um, you know, iron ore continues to gain. So some of that optimism, if we get it from that data tomorrow, will likely play into the commodity story here. But you can overlay that with increasing trade tensions, you know, particularly between China and the US, which did actually take the wind out of the sales of industrial metals through the overnight period last night. So yeah, that will be a very big focal point for the market. Also for the Aussie dollar tomorrow as well, which lifted above 70 US cents today, Scotty. Yeah, so that was uh, all about uh, risk sentiment, uh, driving things along there. Uh, it's very hard. We're talking to uh, Daniel Bean from uh, from ANZ, and he was saying that uh, no, he's watching what's going on. He can't actually really ascertain what's driving the uh, the currency markets at the moment because it's all a little bit muddled up. And uh, Aussie has been range trading. It did go and, and test the upper end of that range today. Whether it can sustain a break, uh, I gather it will probably be driven by expectations for central bank liquidity and also sentiment in the market. Yep, and uh, you know we talk about that correlation between it and the S and P five hundred. So we've got a a big session ahead of us tonight with further company reports. Alcoa is one that we'll be paying attention to. We can draw the line between that and Illumina, but also... Goldies. Um, Goldies. Goldman's, yeah, of course. Um, but I was going to say also with um, Illumina, you know, we talk about that AWAC joint venture. And Alcoa, though, being... I mean, it was traditionally a bellwether for economic growth. The sands have clearly been shifting, and now we look to tech uh, in large part when it comes to, yeah, just those just the, the biggest part of the market, the most influential part of the market. Um, so yeah, there'll be lots of stock specifics tomorrow. Today, stock specifics, Woodside suffered after its quarterly update and the announcement of that massive write down in charges after the bell yesterday. Uh, I thought it was interesting. So we spoke with the president of Sezzle this morning and it admittedly is a few days after it announced its cap raise, which has seen its share price on fire. If you'd like to listen to that interview, he talks to us about just their plan for growing in the U.S. market. Um, but we also had updates coming from Zipco. We spoke with co-founder Peter Gray about that and again their plans for the U.S. market. Also, you chatted with the OpenSpace CEO this afternoon. Did indeed. Uh, no, giving an update uh, primarily what's going on here in Australia and also the U.K. where they're trying to go and move into. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, apart from Afterpay, a lot of those buy now, pay later providers were hit pretty hard today. Yeah, Zip was hit really hard. I was admittedly a bit surprised by the end of the session. It was down by 7%. I wonder if it was to do with that announcement coming from Afterpay. They have made a deal with Apple Pay uh, in the US. And you know, if that's the land grab that um, everyone's fighting over, you know, having a partner like Apple certainly is a, a positive in the US, you've got to think. So yeah, Zip finished down by 7%. If you'd like to listen to the interviews, um, you can do so, access it via the show notes. Uh, it's worthwhile to listen to what these guys have to say 
about uh, you know Australians taking on the world in the buy now pay later space. Innovation is going to be necessary, but big bucks on marketing is going to be necessary. You know they've got to make their brands visible in front of U.S. consumers. And the question many people have as well is, when will they turn profitable, if ever? And that's a question that a lot of people are still asking out there. Mind you, there's been a lot of companies in the United States that are mammoth at this point yeah. in time that have never turned a profit as well. It's a conversation that um, some of our viewers who write in just sort of see as, uh, you know, old versus new thinking. You know, how do you value companies these days? They say the old rules are out. And, and, you know, a lot of the analysts and experts that we speak to on the channel say, yeah, you know, old rule book does not apply. We're going to be doing a panel discussion on this very issue on Ausbiz next week. Um, I don't have the exact time, but I will uh, make sure that I mention it in the podcast for those who want to listen. But yeah, I think that sort of new way of thinking is one worth exploring. Uh, another company that did really well today, we spoke with the CEO, was Pointera. The ticker code is 3DP. By the end of the day, it was up by 25%. Uh, this is a cloud-based asset management platform. It was up 85% yesterday on the news that Bevan Slattery had invested $2.5 million in the business. Um, revenue in that company has almost tripled over the past six months. So if you'd like to listen to the MD, Ian Poulsen, telling us why, where, how, all the details, you can access that in the show notes as well. And still sticking with the stock specifics, Breville Group. It was up by close to 5% today. Yesterday, Morgan Stanley upgraded the company, saying that it could potentially capture $3 billion worth of the global 10 billion kitchen appliance market. We all love them. They look good. They're useful. Well, I, I, love, I love mine in the morning, I'm going to say. My kettle, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say. Um, yeah, I've got a Breville actually too. Think about it for, uh, for my coffee. We're bullish. Yay. Um, okay, so let's, let's listen to what our expert guests had to say when they were speaking with Kashi on the call this afternoon. Um, it starts with Andrew Page from strawman.com. When you look at the financials of Breville, they have just so consistently and, and significantly grown their earnings over time. Yep. They generate a 20% return on equity and have done so for a, for a long, long time as well. Um, they've got, for again, a manufacturer of, a, of toasters, uh, among other things, they've got net margins of close to 10%. So there's, even in, even in this COVID crisis, they reported that 32% um, revenue growth between January and April of this year. Wow. So it just, it really it boggles the mind. Um, the, the one negative about it is that it's, it's trading, as far as I can tell, on a P of about 42. So, so from it, manufacturing business, for a manufacturing business of kitchen appliances, you yeah. know, it's not a software company that just scales really well with yeah. you know ever increasing margins. Um, so, so uh, yes, it, it's got a great history. Yes, it's a great business, and yes, it looks as though it's set to to continue to capture market share. Um, but there's a lot in the price, you yep. know. So that yep. that is something to watch, and, and uh, so I would say it's very interesting. I'd need to do more work on it, but it does seem a, a tad on the expensive side. Okay. Um, a rare Australian business, if you like, that's done really well uh, overseas. It's had some very good stewardship over the years. I think one of the biggest shareholders, if not the biggest, is Solomon Liu, right. um, and of Premier Investment fame. But this has by far been his best investment uh, in recent times. Um, they spend a fair bit on research and development, and obviously they're starting to get a bit of reward for that, looking at the balance sheet, as you touched upon, margins expanding, uh, return on equity very high, great numbers all round. But like you, I could never get that excited about it just because it is a basic manufacturing. And finishing up the thoughts there on Breville Group, ticker code BRG, is Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial.
So we already talked about what's coming up tomorrow when it comes to economics. So 11.30-12, we'll be live for that, Scotty. Um, yeah, that will determine largely uh, what happens through the afternoon, I think, here in Australia, safe to say. Yes, in the absence of a, another vi virus vaccine uh, yeah. update, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course, there's always other things that can happen, but we'll be closely watching that. I'll be speaking with um, David Payne, the founder of The Payne Report, live from New York in the morning to get uh, the latest thoughts on what's happening with markets and, and when it's all going to come crashing down, presumably. Uh, we'll be speaking with Michael Jenicky. He's head of Australian equities at Credit Suisse at 10.20. And also we've got Ben Powell from BlackRock Investment. Uh, he'll be talking about the Chinese bull market and uh, also the Singaporean economy. That'll be interesting at 11.20. Yeah, Singapore's uh, quarterly update on GDP was horrendous, uh, released earlier this week. So we should get his thoughts on how the, uh, the tiger economy is uh, performing in the second half of the year. And the list goes on. It's going to be another great day here on AusBiz. Uh, look, if you sign up for the newsletter, you can see the tweet of the day, always worth a check-in. Um, and you can do that just by going on our website and you can sign up for the newsletter. But we're very happy if you continue to listen to the COB. We love being here with you in the afternoon. Um, Scotty, do it again tomorrow. Let's do it. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.